Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We pop on out to the KDUS hotline, Alex Myers Golf Digest. That means we've hit major number two on the tour. We're going to the PGA Championship. Alex, appreciate the time on the program as always. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right. I mean, I'm actually a little bit confused about this PGA Championship and then where we're supposed to go. So hopefully you can help narrow things in for us. But let's first talk about the golf course itself. It's being contested this year at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. It's set to play 7,349 yards, a par 70. Uh, It's a monster of a golf course. This event was held here in 2003 and 2013, but the course is just flat out not the same. So can you walk us through what this year's course will feature and maybe some conditions that we should expect to see starting Thursday? Yeah, well, well, first of all, you know, when the PGA moved to May uh, a few years back from August, there was this assumption, well, they can go to more courses because, you know, it wouldn't be the, you know, the middle of the summer and everything else. But now they're going to upstate New York in May, and you have a day like today where the temperature isn't even going to crack 50. Guys are freezing. And when the first tee time goes off tomorrow, the windshield's going to be freezing, literally. So you have some interesting conditions there, Kayla, in terms of the ball, you know, not flying as far. Um, you know, you've got some wind. Uh, the course just being a little softer uh, because I think it snowed less than a month ago up there in Rochester. So, you know, it's just a little different than what the guys have been playing, obviously, on the Florida swing or in Texas or you know, maybe California, you get that wind and some soft conditions. But definitely it's going to be, it's going to play even longer than what you said, which about 7,400 yards for a par 70 is pretty stiff to begin with. So it's going to play very long. Um, you know, as with many of these courses, they did a lot, a big renovation that involved taking out a ton of trees. I think they took about 600 trees. Um, that actually caused a little bit of an instance here where they're going to have an internal out of bounds off of the sixth hole uh, because the sixth hole is such a beast, they don't want people going down the seventh hole. So if you hit a ball into the fairway on the seventh hole, you are out of bounds this week, which is unusual. But um, it's going to be a difficult course. And, you know, everybody's talking about the rough, Caleb, but uh, the bunkers are going to be just as penal. Um, Not only the greenside bunkers, but the fairway bunkers. If you find one of these, they're very deep, and it's going to make it tough to, to go for the green with your approach shot. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, professional golfers aim for bunkers because it's not, it's a hazard, right. but it's not a hazard. But this week, they don't want to be in the bunkers. Exactly. And um, not to say that there's a lot of other great options around the greens. If you miss these greens, uh, what they, Andrew Green, the, the architect who came in a few years back, uh, they, you know, they built some more runoff areas. Um, although Justin Thomas is saying that some of these runoff areas, the ball's actually going to run through the runoff areas and into the rough. So now, now you're dealing with tricky pitch shots, chip shots, whatever, from, from thick rough um, in some places. Um, there's other holes where, you know, the, the false front is so steep um, that you're going to see shots coming up way short and, and forcing long, difficult pitch shots. I'm thinking of the par three third hole, which is very elevated. If you come up a little short, it's rolling way down this hill. So there's a lot of challenges at this course. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's expecting anybody to go nuts here in terms of scoring. 
Um, now there, you know, there's a creek that winds through, um, you know, but I don't think I don't think you're going to see too many guys in the water or anything like that. But you're going to see a lot of guys getting on, you know, the bogey train if, if they're just a little off for a few holes in a row, whether they miss the fairway off the tee, whether they miss the green. Um, and then even the greens themselves, obviously, are, are, are their own challenge at these major championships. He's Alex Myers, Golf Digest, as we're chatting about the PGA Championship right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra points. So along those lines, this course is going to be a brute of a test, uh, and we're not expecting low scores. I think I saw something where, you know, the if you wanted to do a prop bet on how many under par the tournament is going to, winner is going to finish, it's like 10 and a half under par. But when it comes to what the PGA of America is doing, are we finding a sweet spot with their golf courses here? of a fair test of golf, but yet really challenging these guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, obviously, Augusta has the most exciting major course, and it's the one we're all familiar with, and the USGA is known for putting the toughest test together, and the British Open is just, you never know what you're going to get with the weather. So I think that you're right. I think the PGA has kind of split its way in between the Masters and the and the U.S. Open in terms of difficulty, and you know, they're looking for something in that 8 to 10 range under par winning. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always inclined, or not always, but I'm inclined this week to take the under on that prop and say that a single digit is going to win. But, you know, it's just scary because you could always have one guy just, you know, have an exceptional week. I mean, even at the Masters, John Rahm was the only person who broke 10.5, but he shot 12 under at the Masters and he won by four. So, you know, you just you just never know. But that being said, we're seeing a lot of comp- people making comps to um, 2020 Wingfoot, where Bryson DeChambeau uh, finished six under, but he was the only person under par. And then more so people are comparing it to Best Page in 2019, which was another PGA Championship. And I think that was Brooks Kepka at eight under, holding off Dustin Johnson. But Brooks did shoot a 63 to start that tournament. So I could kind of see it shaping up like that, where – the winner does post that one low number where you get favorable conditions, everything goes right. Um, then you kind of hold on and you know stay in that eight under range, and that that might get it done. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Let's get into the golfers here. Odds on favorites heading in. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler here. Uh, so the narrative surrounding these two guys, obviously they're playing some incredible golf. John Rahm, the question here is, can he win the year's first two majors? And I think for Scotty Scheffler, for me at least, it's is the putter going to cooperate? For sure with Scotty. I mean, you know, even just last week, at the 18th team, Byron Nelson, he had a three-and-a-half-footer for birdie on the final hole that could have made Jason Day think about, you know, his approach on 18 a little more, um, and he bricked it. It reminded me of the match play championship in the semifinals. He bricked a three-footer uh, to advance to the finals. So his putting has been very shaky since winning that Masters last year, and especially on these short putts. Uh, and you know you're going to have a bunch of those at major championships. Um, you know, when, when you're facing a lot of par putts, there's not going to, you know, not a lot of stress-free pars here. So I, I do worry a little with that about that with him. Um, John Rahm, there's really not much to worry about these days, of course. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that he's basically the co-favorite with Scotty. I've even seen Scotty edge ahead of him um, at, at some books uh, with slightly lower odds than John. But 
uh, you know, he's on a historic tear right now. There's no way around it. And if he picks up a second major, and who knows what else he could do, this now doesn't become a great year. It becomes a, a truly historic year. So um, I, I like Rom. You know, the, again, the course is playing long. Um, it, we were talking to uh, Michael Breed the other day. He believes that it favors a left-to-right player, which Rom is that's more his style, than, especially than, say, like a Rory McIlroy. Um, you know, the bunker play is going to be a big issue. We know Rom's a genius bunker player. We've seen him, you know, get in there with a four iron and hit flop shots out of bunkers. So he has all the shots from, from you know, the sandy areas as well. Um, he's just on such a roll right now that um, he, he deserves to be, I think, the, the clear favorite heading into this week. You mentioned Rory McIlroy. What do we do with him? He obviously has the talent, the length, the short game even to contend here. But uh, there's been some disappointment here of late, obviously starting with Augusta. Then he withdrew from the RBC Heritage, a poor performance at the Wells Fargo. So that's not exactly coming in here firing on all cylinders. No, he's not. And, um, you know, he had an interesting press conference yesterday as well where, you know, the normally very chatty, very candid, very open – Rory, you know, kind of clamped up a little, especially on the issue of live and the future of golf and all these things that he's embraced talking about in the past year, and he's become kind of this spokesperson for the PGA Tour. He kind of made it like he's done with that. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. It could be a good sign that um, he's not going to let those as many of those outside things distract him because clearly this past year seems to have caught up with him at the Masters with the, the cut, and then, as you mentioned, uh, playing poorly since then as well. So, um, you know, for a while he played well. Obviously, he almost won the Open. He came back, won the FedEx Cup. Um, he got back up to number one in the world. So you, you kind of could say, well, obviously he wasn't that distracted. But I think there is something to the, the point of the, the, the toll that all this has taken on him in the past year and all the meetings and the questions and everything else. So, um, I, to answer your question, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with him either. I'm, I'm, I'm not betting on him. Um, I did see that he had fallen to 18 to one at some point in the last couple of days. That would attempt it, but seeing him back in that 14 to one, maybe 12 to one range, um, he does have connections to Oak Hill with his wife Erica being from the Rochester area. So you know, it is a place where he's comfortable. But um, again, I'm not not sure that the holes play great for him. It's again a lot of left to right holes. Um, the length will certainly help him, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's in an interesting place right now, and uh, I'm, I'm staying away. There's just so many other great options with with better odds I think so some of those other options here I think is kind of like that next tier of golfer they're still searching for their first major championship statistically they're just really solid question marks maybe about the the mental ability to get it done in a major I'm talking about Xander Shoffley he's had some top 15s in his last four major starts as well Patrick Cantlay Uh, interestingly enough though that bunker category I was looking at his stats not good Uh, but with Xander at seven 17 to one can't lay 21 to one. What do you like about these two guys games heading into the week? Yeah, I mean, you can make a strong case for both of them. Um, I would lean Xander, uh, as you mentioned, just the more major success, just the familiarity being in the hunt at a major. I think I saw a stat today. He's got as many top 25s, top 15s at majors. I think it was top 15s in his first um, 25 starts as Tiger Woods did. So he's certainly put himself 
up there. Now you could say, well, he wasn't, you know, how many times was he actually in contention to win on Sunday? There, there haven't been that many of those. But just the fact that he's been in the mix and in contention, you know, he has that feel, has that vibe. Um, I, I like Alexander. Um, and, yeah, the short game, um, everything else from him, I think gives him a, a slight edge uh, over Canley. But, yeah, I mean, those are two guys who you got to think at some point they're going to win a major. They're just too good not to. Um, and you could argue, oh, well, Cantley getting the slightly better odds or kind of a toss-up. I, I could buy that as well. But, but uh, yeah, that's kind of – those guys are where I'm starting to, to look at. Um, Xander's the guy I'm, I'm targeting first on, on the board. So this guy, I've uh, talked myself into him, Brooks Kepka, 21 to oh, one, because yeah. uh, he seems like he's healthy now, and he contended at Augusta. We could debate whether Sunday and what happened to him was whether it was the slow play or whether or not it was finally playing in some tougher conditions. Regardless, right. though, he hits it well. He fires at middles of uh, middle of the greens. He grinds it out. He's had success at PGA Championships and courses I think that are kind of comparable to this here. Uh, so sure. this seems like an event where a uh, big time major Brooks Kepka is going to show up. I mean, I did a ranking three weeks ago and he was my number one bet because a, I think he was at 28 or 30 to one at the time. Now he's moved up to 20 to one, as you mentioned, or 21 to one. But um, I, I, I agree. I, I really like Brooks this week. In fact, I like three live golfers. I like Brooks. I like DJ uh, and Cam Smith. Those, guys are both in the 30 to 1 range i actually got cam smith over the weekend at 50 to 1 before he lost that playoff to dj so i just think you guys last year and if you said any of these guys well maybe not brooks because he was struggling but if you said dj or cam smith you're going to get 30 or 50 to 1 just think people would say that's that's nuts um and that's what cam smith winning the british open so um i like all three of those guys for sure you know i think the masters proved that this whole um the guys don't have the competitive edge anymore. Argument is kind of out the window, at least for now. I mean, we'll have to see maybe years down the line if they keep playing that kind of a schedule, if it ends up hurting them um, in the majors. But for now, clearly with Brooks and Phil finishing runner-up, Patrick Reed was in the hunt at Augusta. Those guys certainly look pretty sharp. And, yeah, it's funny about Brooks. He actually um, you know, was on the, the uh, part of my take pod with Barstool today, and they, they kind of jokingly asked, did you choke? in the masters and, and I was surprised he actually he laughed and he said yeah I choked it away uh it wasn't good I choked it away so he you know he kind of admitted that he, he let Quinn get away um but just the fact that he was right back in there I'm with you he looks healthy and this is a course that seems to set up very well for him again length left to right um you know and and just major championship conditions that we know he excels in Max Homa, 36 to 1. Statistically, he's another one of these guys that's just solid all around. He has some victories on tougher golf courses, but then you have the track record in majors and that needs improvement. So is yeah. he a play for you or a stay away this week? Oh, man, it's so tough. He's one of the ones I'm on the fence about. He got my money at Augusta, again, because like you mentioned, I, I just think of the great players. I mean, he's number six in the world. 36 to 1, or I mean, just seems like it's so enticing. But the fact that he has, you know, the no top tens at the majors, um, Augusta has a strong correlation with Riviera, which we know he's won at. Oak Hill, you don't get that same type of vibe. And, with, you know, he's not a long hitter. Um, I'm probably not going to go with Max Homa as much as I'd love to see him play well. 
but if you know, I'll be checking the. I'll be making one last round through the odds tonight, and uh, you know, if he falls a little more, uh, he could tempt. Alex Myers, Golf Digest, right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Points. So, you know, we kind of look at this golf course, and I get the feeling that it's going to be the big guys that legitimately have a chance here. So if we are building out the card, having some fun, yeah. throwing some darts with longer odds, how are you viewing this tournament, and where would you go in the long shot category? Uh, Gary Woodland would be my first. I think he's around 90, 100 to 1. Maybe not to win, but uh, certainly top 10 or top 20. You know, he's a U.S. Open champ. Um, he's played well at PGA Championships in the, in the past. Uh, again, the length, the left-right ball play, uh, keeping it down out of the wind. He just is a disaster on the green. But yes. if he can get to the greens and just make enough two putts, um, I think he could have a nice week. So Gary Woodland's probably one of the longer shots I like. Joaquin Neiman, another live guy. Um, I don't think he's getting quite enough respect either. I, I think I saw now he's down to sixty to one, but I saw earlier in the week eighty to one, that area. Um, I'm kind of kind of digging that as, as well. So those would be two of the the longer shot guys, um, at least above fifty to one that that I'm looking at. But in terms of like winning it, you know, I like Brooks, I have Xander, I have DJ, I have Cam Smith, and my one other one is Finau. Uh, another guy, when is he going to win a major? Um, this is a brute of a course. When he's going, there's really no one better tee to green. He can take apart any course with his length. Um, you know, again, the putting is all is sometimes an issue. But, I, again, I just don't think it's going to be a birdie fest. I think that plays into his favor. And I'm liking him in that 24-25 to 1 odds range. Alex, as always, greatly appreciate your time, expertise, and great uh, insight into the PGA Championship. Let's have a great week. Let's, let's hit a winner, Kayla. Thanks for having me on. Take Absolutely. Care. Once again, he is Alex Myers with Golf Digest. Always appreciate his time on the show.